Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Yagma Soap Opera. It's the singer, not the song. I'm Andy, a.k.a. Montolio, and I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Zach, a.k.a. Abstract 66, and Josh, a.k.a. Cronin. Good to be back, guys, and nice to have you back on board, Zach. How are ya? Dude, it's been so long. Uh, I heard the cast, and there's been some crazy revelations since I've been gone, so... I, yeah, you uh, left when everything started. I know, dude. It's like maybe maybe it's an omen. I leave and good things happen. We'll see. Get out of here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been great. I had a great Christmas and New Year. How, how about you, Josh? Yeah, I've been doing well. We've been gone for a couple weeks with the holidays, but I'm excited to get back into things here. And we've actually managed to fire some dailies, so yeah. times are looking good. Looking good indeed. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd be gone, Christmas would come, there'd be no Christmas events, and nothing would fire, but I guess I was proved wrong on that point, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's great to get some events going again, for sure. Just when you think classic's down, it pops back up and revitalizes again. You're on a roll tonight, my friend. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) As far as right. as far as what we've been up to in the uh, invitational scene, has that finished up since uh, Christmas and New Year's? Yes, we have the season two final results. It was a match between Duranoth and Tommy Topdecker. Duranoth was on his staple green, white, black hate, and Tommy Topdecker was on Mono Blue Delver. And uh, Duranoth managed to win that one. It was. Sort of an unfortunate ending because Tommy Topdecker got disconnected and timed out. But uh, the board position was such that he just said, I, I wasn't going to win that game anyways. So, Yeah, and if I remember correctly, I heard you guys kind of predicting the, the Duranoff come through here. I mean, not to be biased like you obviously said on the cast, but I mean, you have a creature deck that's meant to beat, you know, fairly with big creatures and you're playing against a creature deck that's meant to beat unfairly with small creatures and disruption not a lot of ways that can go I don't think yeah and something like a cavern of souls shutting off half the deck yeah it's terrible just a card I don't know who'd play that <laughs> surprise there hmm but yeah so Duranoth is the season 2 winner and uh, we've got several new people then that are in the qualifier event. How many people repeated? Uh, just Planet Walls, or is... I think Duranoth was in there too, wasn't he? No, he finished in ninth, I think, in the first season. Uh, what about... Huh. I don't remember who was in the... I know it was like Cat Weasel. Yeah, it's... Was it Scorpio in there? Alberta, Rodolph, Chris Cool, Cat Weasel, Planet Walls, Fishy oh. Fellow, Chris One, Calavera, and X Scorpio were the first eight. So maybe it is just Planet Walls then. That's awesome. So that's- Drop. I mean, that's what we're looking for, right? I mean, not to be biased, because we're not like, you know, obviously we can't fix any results, but I mean, that's what you want, is as many people as possible to qualify, I, I think. Yeah, it'd be terrible if it was an eight-man event. <laughs> it was like 13 guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three rounds. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Here's the prizes. So, any surprises from the uh, from the season? 
What do you, what do you guys think as far as a recap goes? Any any things that really stood out to you this time as compared to last? Well, for me, I was listening to uh, so many insane plays, the Vintage podcast this week, and they mentioned some of the big cards for Vintage this year, and it doesn't sound like uh, Rupp Decay has had that big of an impact, whereas we see a lot of copies between Duranoth and you, Andy, in the top eight here. Looks like it's a pretty good card in Classic so far. Definitely. And also, um, the Maniac, I, who I believe finished in ninth, had multiple copies in his deck as well. It was another green-white-black eight deck. So it certainly made an impact in the, you know, the top uh, top ten guys. Yeah, not going to lie, man. That card, you know, I said I liked it a lot at the very beginning, and I still like it a lot. But it's so weird, because even though the colors are really good, like, in the history of the game, they haven't gone that well together. And, you know, in Classic, it's so easy to make that kind of stuff work. But it still feels really weird when you have to have, you know, a Trop and uh, Underground Sea or a Trop and a Bayou. I mean, that's, that's I, I don't know. It, it works, but it just still feels, it, it feels like it costs more than two mana is the best way I can explain it. Because even though it only costs two mana, it's two, like, not the first two you usually lay down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I tend to agree. I've found that it makes the mana a lot worse in some decks. But it wouldn't be so bad if you were just playing a traditional rock deck, which was green and black. But of course, they, we haven't seen something like that in a long, long time. So usually you're playing it in a three-color, and I agree with Zach. When you are, it's, you know, it can be really difficult to cast. But It's good, though. It's like being able to kill Chalice. I think you know that's one of the first things you mentioned specifically, Andy, when we were talking about this a long time ago. That is... Huge. I mean, just to be able to stop a Chalice on two is ridiculous with a two-mana card. Yeah, it's uh, had a game last night where I was playing my stacks and I was feeling all smug. Had uh, up against the fish deck, had my Chalice set at one and two, and then that long came that friggin' uh, abrupt decay, destroyed my Chalice, and that was game. You know, the, the guy got back into the game, no problem after that. Um, another another iteration of the that I'm seeing with. Abrupt Decay right now is in Oath. I've seen a couple Oath decks running around that are actually main decking it. And, uh, you know, it's just a great way to get rid of those Graft Digger's Cages. You know, quite often a player will have a Graft Digger's Cage down against Oath and they're feeling all smug, uh, you know, with that Oath on the, to let the Oath resolve, having it on the table. And, you know, next thing you know, you're friggin', you've got counters in your hand to back up that Graft Digger's. And the next thing you know, you get hit with an Abrupt Decay. Good game. That's a great That's point. Not- that's, that's, uh, and, that's it, and it's easily castable as well in Oath. I, I think you're right. I think there's a bigger impetus on being able to play green cards in Oath, and I think that's really where the problem stems from. I mean, traditionally, even in Classic, if you're not playing a linear deck, you have usually, I, like, I, I don't want to cast a super wide net, but if it's not like straight islands, you have access to underground seas. So, I mean, that, that half of the equation is typically, you know, Tazeret decks and decks with Dark Confidant and the New Age Jace decks. There's always been underground seas. And the green kind of, like, brings it up. But you're right. In, in Oath, it has that shell. It has the, the orchards. It has all the fetches. It's, I mean... Adults. Yeah, it's... I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I, as stupid as this is, because I'm I'm a guy who's played Oath before. I, yeah, I did well with Oath in uh, season whatever, too. And um, I did a lot of just slinging with green spells in general. I never even thought about putting it in an oath. It just never 
I never would say, oh, you know what, Oath needs that. And it sounds stupid on the surface just because it's, you know, a pretty good card. But So does it work really well? It kills... What what does it do for him besides the cages? Is it there's a use in almost every matchup, well, right? You know, you just think about what it hits. I mean, it, it hits probably seventy five percent of classic viable cards. Draft Digger's cage. So you know, you're up against whatever um, a, a vault key. I mean, there's not a you know you activate your opponent's got a vault key going on the other side of the table and you know makes the activation bang. I like it. Kill it. Not a thing you can do about it. You know, it hits soul rings, and as you say, it hits chalices, and it hits spheres, and it hits all fish creatures. It's, it's Dude, a I've been playing. I've been playing Bug Delver in Classic, or in Legacy, and there's no worse feeling than, like, staying at Jace and knowing you're holding two abrupt decays, and you're like, oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. No, it's got some minor limitations. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't hit lodestone, lodestone golems. It doesn't hit Jaces, and... Not going to yeah. do anything using yeah. light steel, and you know there's there are those cards that you're going to lose to it, but that's um, that's classic. Yeah, that's classic, and I, I mean it's few and far between. I find that I have them stuck in my hand, you know, uh, where I'm where I'm going to lose to something with it. So better most than not. What do you guys think mind? about um, rest in peace? Did Love that have it. a big impact or no impact, or how would you how would you look at that card? I liked having it in the one. Event I played with it. Yeah. But that was a weird deck. That was that Helmline deck. Would you? Could you see it like having a, na- a, a niche like role in in just standard sideboards? Is that you know, or, or because it's white, you think it's limited by that? I think anything that has access to white, it's a better option than possibly. I think just varying your options actually. Yeah. Is a good idea. So like uh, the Eagles deck, I think. Coming. Yeah, I was going to just say, Bald Eagles deck is a deck that actually runs the main, and it's a, it's a neat little combo he's got going with that. Well, so. some of the other cards that I thought would have a bigger impact was, after playing with it, uh, Library of Alexandria. That card is such a beast, and watching guys like Excorpio do well with it at the very beginning, I was thinking to myself, man, that card's just going to explode, and it never really did. I mean, there were some decks that used it, but any anything I'm missing here? Was there any breakout deck with Library of Alexandria in it? Besides, like, the ubiquitous one of and Oath and stuff like that? I don't think so. Not the, I don't recall anybody copying it. Well, even in the league, even in Classic in 2012. It's good. It's just, it does, uh, there's a tension on how many colorless lands you can play. Yeah. I think it takes no away from Wasteland and stuff like that. Yeah, there's wastelands, there's stuff like, you know, some blue decks are going big with ancient tombs and stuff. Um, I know Magic Librarian, I believe his name was, I played him in the daily event the other day. He's, I believe, running four LOAs in his, and uh, he's he's running the loam package. And uh, it was a neat little deck. Hey, that's cool. I like the loam package in there. I like that. Um, Wasteland. Yeah, even in even in this deck that you know I've been playing lately, blue, green, black, and classic, it's it, it has a singleton loam in there, and that thing's just hilarious. Even against decks like Shop, if you can like get one Wasteland or Strip Mine out, you can kill that one uh, early Workshop and stay in the game and just get a little bit of mana. It's hilarious, dude. You, they they hate recurring land destruction if they don't get the Crucible out. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, that's another card that's uh, starting to rear its head up is Deathrite Shaman. 
Oh, I like that card a lot. That's my favorite card of to date. Uh, I was telling Josh today, it's really not fair when you can use the card that I mentioned that everyone has and has had, Underground Sea, and you can play a fair tempo turn out of it. Like, Fetch Land, Underground Sea, My Noble Hierarch, go. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You have Days Backup mana, you have Double Black for whatever you need next turn. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you said uh, Obviously, the card's making a lot of waves, and uh, not necessarily in Classic, but in Legacy. And um, I, uh, I've played with it in the Green-White-Black Heat deck uh, a fair amount. I've tried anywhere from one to four, and I just have not been that impressed with it as a four of, for sure. It's, wow. um yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I certainly understand the applicability of the card. I, I mean, you know, it's it's great if your opponent's using fetches and, you know, you're getting wastelands and that sort of thing to make it active right off the start. But I just found a, its greatest utility for me in the deck that I was playing, uh, my, my three-color fish deck, was having that mana right away. And uh, I, I just found so often I, I wasn't able to get a mana off it, you know, for a turn or two or three turns or whatever, and... Um, I just didn't see it replacing something like a Bird of Paradise or a Noble Hire for that. So I, I, I've actually left my deck with a one of in it, and uh, you know, more for a late game. Yeah, uh, see, I, I think it's, it's uh, totally that's a fair synopsis. And the, but the way I look at the card is this: early, when the when the when the lands are going to be in the graveyard, you have a waste, they have a waste, you have a fetch, they have a fetch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It is mana acceleration. It's also, in the middle role, is like the, the real utility role, like you just talked about. You know, I can, like, remove something from the graveyard. But the thing that I've recently started just, like, realizing about the card is, in Legacy, it's a Grim Lava Mancer, dude. I mean, like, I, I run so many instants in my own deck. Brainstorm, Force of Will, Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, etc., 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 etc. There's almost a limitless supply of little two-damage pings it can do. So it... Unlike Noble Hierarch and Birds of Paradise, which have an amazing front of the curve and a terrible back of the curve, this guy's like yeah. awesome. He's just like a climber. He just keeps getting better. Yeah, oh, I completely agree with you. You know, he's got the uh, the applicability to be an early game guy, and he's got definitely the late game. Uh, I don't refute that, and for that reason alone, I at least keep one of my deck. He's, he's pretty good, but I uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what type of impact he has in class. What's what's the last time a black green straight deck did well? Was it like a survival deck or like a was it a, a, a what is it called a skull clamp blood gas deck? I want to say or like elves. Jeez, I I, I can I can hardly even remember. Uh, I, I I'm thinking back. What's that card with the the two one uh, the two one uh, black guy the Nantuko Shade rock decks. Oh wow, that's way back. That's like living wish days. Our confidence, and you've got him to Torax in there, but I I don't think we've seen green, white, black, or green, green, black straight up for years. I'll I'll date myself a little bit here. You know what I always think about when I think green, black is when Dunkel was trying to learn how to play magic and get online. Old Dunkel still. he, he had this green-black deck that he played forever, and it was so terrible at first, and he got so good with it at the end. It was funny. Yeah. Rock decks were pretty solid back in the day, for sure. So, I mean, no huge surprises in 2012, which is kind of strange. I think 2011 had, like, the mental missteps and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I felt a lot of the cars were fairly obvious they were going to be good right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It seems like a card like Delver. Snapcaster. Delver and Snapcaster. Well, we knew Snapcaster would be good, but that was 2011, right? But like Delver, we didn't know would be good in 2011. But yeah. it was amazing, whereas cards like Graph Digger's Cage and Abrupt Decay, you just look at them and you know they're going to be good. Yeah, dude, Standard freaks me out like that, too. I just checked the prices for the first time in forever, and I looked at that red 5-5 uh, five, five Dragon for Haste for 5 that's an M13, the Dragon. Thundermaw? Oh, my God. I was like, are you kidding me? I had three of these, and I couldn't sell them to anybody for what I wanted, and now they're like a million dollars. What are they going for? Dude, like 30 bucks for a non-foil. Seriously, dude. Red, black, and Jundex are pretty good. That's crazy. Yeah, well, I guess uh, not. Not any real surprises, like you say. The the surprises are of 2012 or more in the news that we received on things than anything else. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree there. I heard through this podcast of these guys who play Magic that were saying that Vintage is going to be coming next year, or this year now. Yeah. Wow. Heard something about that? I I heard it in passing. I could have sworn I heard something, but (laughs) that's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's cool. It's a puzzle. I I see it as a huge puzzle. Sorry? We have almost all the cards right now, I think. Yeah, and there's super fringe niche examples on the border, like uh, what's the, the prof? Like Earth. not prophecy. Those that what's that set? Portal. Portal. Time? Yeah, I think it was Portal, and it's like you know really low production, and they're really really niche. Like the one or two, or like one of in a sideboard in Legacy for some deck in 2008 Earth. or something like that. Well, yeah, it's like something like Black Lotus or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, some crappy growing out. But yeah, the, the the whole idea that we're getting the Power 9 online, um, to me, obviously, I've been around Classic a long-ass time. Um, it excited the heck out of me. Uh, but I also immediately thought to myself, how are they going to screw this up? And I don't mean to be negative, but when's the last time... They really did an eternal release right. Well, if we want to mold the two big things that you missed together, I think their Force of Will solution is is certainly a good start. Which is fair. That That's awesome. And, and I'll be straight up right now. I have Foil Force of Wills. I'm totally stoked on this. I'm not angry at all. Some people might be. Some people might not be. But I think it's awesome that more are going into the system. But... Okay, a lot more. It still doesn't tell me how they're going to release power. No, but it gives us hope that they at least look at supply issues. They are releasing Modern Masters this year. Seems like they're trying to address a lot of different supply issues. They re-release, you know, they do they do things like they re-release the Shocklands. So. Uh, it seems like they're more in tune with with things getting out of hand and not wanting to get to that point anymore. All right. Well, 
mistakes. And, I, I mean, you know, if there's one thing they've got to do right, it's launch power properly. Like, uh, they do not want to mis- make a mistake with this one. Like, oh, okay, dude. No going back. And, you know, my, my greatest fear with the power coming out online is uh, that they're going to hurt the nostalgia of the card. Like, they'll flood the market with them and everybody will have them. That will just, that will ruin power for me. I wouldn't care. I hope everyone has them. I hope they give them away like Chuck's Digital Party. Yeah, I hope everyone has one too. I don't want to hear complaints. I seriously don't want people to be like, uh, I'm leaving. This is bull. I'm not saying that I don't want them to be within reach for people, but I don't want, you know, Watsy to just flood the market with them where anybody can just buy them in an exile box or something like that. To, you know, I, I want them to hold some value and, you know, the nostalgia. Well, it's kind of like when Steel Ring came out online. You know that card has so much nostalgia for me, and I would think most Magic players, you know, you bought that in the Exile box, and for me, it was kind of, you know, exactly what I'm alluding to. I was just very disappointed that everybody could have that card, and it was it kind of cheapened it for me. See, and, and, At least you got to draft a nostalgic version, though. That's not true. That made it better. That is true. But, like. Some cards don't bother me like that. Like Maze of Ith, the promo art is awesome. I it, do, it it wouldn't bother me at all to have that instead of the old one. But yeah, I think you're right. Like the real cornerstones that that would suck. But what really scares me, guys, and this really does, and it's the reason I keep like alluding to this like doomsday kind of scenario. I got two words for you. Masks block. They screwed that up. I don't care how boring it is to draft. If you've drafted it, it's not that boring. Sure, the cards aren't worth anything, but they screwed that up. Yeah, boy, did they ever. Yeah, it's, uh, it's they made the cards. It was a limited print run, first of all. You, you only got a really short crack at actually drafting mass blocks, and because they collated the boosters, it made cards extremely extremely rare, like Tangle Wires and Rashidden Ports and Misdirections. Um, and because of that, there is, uh, there's definitely going to be a barrier to getting those cards to play vintage. And I don't understand the point of not just leaving it in the drafting room like they did Urza's block that was in there for a long time. Oh, dude, Tempest block was in there for like two years. I, it, was, it was awesome. It was like some of the most fun I ever had. But the way they're doing it now, and, and I'm sorry, if you're going to say, oh, you know, they pay attention to it, they bring these be- drafts back sometimes during the holidays, three days or one day sometimes with the set is nothing. It doesn't even make a virtual dent in anything. It's like, hey, we have three sets that are jumbled randomly into 15 cards. You can open three packs of it, and it's 10 to $12 every time you do it. I think the way they released it, the length of time they released it, and just the overall lack of a like initiative to get them out really killed it. Like, I mean, that 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 set to me, I never played with it in paper, so it like hit me extra hard because I didn't have this predisposed notion to hate it. I thought it was fun until Prophecy when I played it in paper. The only thing I didn't like about drafting it is the idiot who always got the insane mono red deck. That's the only thing. Yeah, it did happen. You drafted one, Andy. Yeah, I drafted a mono red deck in Mast and uh, ended up taking that thing 3-0. But, yeah, I, I, I've drafted the format 
probably 20 times, and uh, I have to say I, I enjoyed it more than I thought. I would. It, was, it was a lot of fun. Do you, you, do you think that, and this is totally like just out there, you can answer whatever way you want, none of us really know, but do you think they learned from that mistake? Do you think that's out there and they think it's a mistake? You know what I mean? Oh, I, I would think so, Josh, or uh, Zach. I would think that they learned from it. So why um, in, the, uh, in the queues now? There's no reason it's not. Well, we just finished a week of masks. You, you know what I mean, though. Like, there, there's yeah. no. What I mean is, there's always been a classic set. There's always been a classic set to draft. If you're bored with standard or modern drafting, there's always been a classic set, no matter what it was. It wouldn't be maybe the one you wanted, but there was one. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I I think that the. You know, as far as the mass block in particular is concerned, I think they should have left it out a lot longer. And even this recent run that they had for a week, I think it should have been left out longer still for that because uh, it's just a known fact that there is a shortage of those key cards for, for the eternal formats. I mean, Rashid and Ports and Angle Wires, as we all know, are ridiculously costed. I think, what is a, a regular port right now? It's like 60 bucks. Yeah, it's insane. Well, and, and that's... That brings up something that I didn't even think about, which is if when I bought back in, now I sold out my collection a while ago, and when I bought back in, I think it was during Exodus, okay? And it was back when they were cool and they had triple Exodus, right? Yeah. You know, the first two weeks of release week, they'd have triple of whatever the format was. If you guys remember that, right? And they also simultaneously, I don't remember if it was Masters 3 or Masters 2, or maybe it was 1-2-3 drafts, I don't know. Yeah, it was 1-2-3 drafts, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. But if they didn't have those two things going, like, I literally did that for, like, two months nonstop. I, all I did was, like, open Eternal Packs and just draft. I totally got back in that way. I opened three Force of Wills in six weeks. And uh, that was one of the stories I told on one of the... Um, the previous cast was on the last night of med drafting right before they took it down in the last pod I cracked my third force of will when I was coming back in and I was like that's a sign I need to get all the way back in you know and no you can't do that now can you there's no way to get back in well if you're a big time grinder and you got all day to sit down and crack back sure but yeah you're not going to open four force of wills in one week of one two three four sealed events or whatever they were yeah. Look, I got. I'm straight saying I got totally lucky, but but in another way, I'm saying there's. It's not even possible to get lucky anymore. There's no eternal set at all times to make money off of if you're you know if you know the format. You know what I mean? And Lundstrom was notorious for that. But anyway, that's another topic. Um, I don't even know how we. Oh, how they're going to release P9. So how do you how do you guys think they're going to do it? Well, they've got their uh, big anniversary, so I imagine we will have the biggest bash that they've ever thrown on MTGO. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to... I agree with Josh that that's probably when they're going to come out, but I, I'm not sure how they're actually going to distribute the cards. You know, whether they're going to be, you know, promos or... You know, you can buy them in an exile box, or you win the events. I, I really don't know. If you're gonna get a piece of power for you know going three and zero in a draft. Maybe they're gonna you know mix them into boosters. 
you know, other sets like a treasure. I'm not sure. I really am at a loss. I'd do triple drafting if they did 3-0 drafting. Gets a piece of power. Oh, for sure. I'd literally pop three cues at once until I learned I sucked and could either do only two or one. I would try it as hard as I could for as long as I could. I would freaking go all in, balls deep. I'd be on it. Zach, two and one every event. <laughs> Dude, you'd be... <laughs> I'd have a new picture of a shaved head, but it would all be pulled out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just hope that they release the right. Uh, and I, I really don't even necessarily have an opinion as to how to do that. I do. Stages. Digital packs. Chuck's Digital Party, 2013. Do it. <laughs> like three pieces yeah. at random to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's how they'll do it. There's a suggestion for you. Totally, dude. Or like, go to your local shop and they give you a coupon if you go in and... I don't know. They need to oh, figure out a way. Go there. <laughs> uh, anyway... So that's cool. Two big announcements. What about Force of Will? How many of you guys think are going in the system? Uh, well, foil or regular? Recent Mox events have had upwards of, I think, close to a thousand people, and I imagine this one will have more. So, and that's just people that qualify for it, and then there's more being given out than just that. So, yeah. we're probably looking at a couple thousand. I don't know about actually people playing in the the uh, MOCS having that many. Uh, that many will probably qualify, but of course there's a barrier to playing in Legacy, you know, compared to something like Block. Yeah. Right. The decks are just so expensive. I, I think in the past, you know, they've kind of had 750. Uh, what was it about uh, six months ago? They had a Legacy MOCS, and I think there was uh, less than a thousand in that, if I recall. But, yeah. I, I would suspect, though, there's going to be quite a few playsets coming in. I know uh, I mentioned in the last podcast that Backguts had done some of the math on this on ClassicQuarter.com, and uh, I can't remember what the specific numbers were, but it was it was quite a, quite a few. Force of Will's coming in, so. And it will be ugly. <laughs> but there will be many. Yeah, so see, I'm cool with my old one. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm definitely keeping the old one. Not even a chance of trading those in for the promo version. Yeah. I just don't even like the art on them. On the border. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I certainly think that it's uh, it's good for classic and it's good for vintage and you know all the eternal formats. People have been griping about this card being a barrier for a long, long time. So we'll see if the proof's in the pudding. You know, Wizards of the Coast made a big step and reprinting this as a promo, so we'll see. I hope they announce the uh, MOCS Season 2 promo as Force of Will again. Yeah, I'm hoping the next uh, the next MOCS is classic. Yeah, I hope the prize is Force of Will again, though. I'll be grinding it. <laughs> That'll just make everyone stop. Oh, yeah, for sure. And LED, then, for the two after that. So... We actually have been firing events. This is interesting. We got two of them. Should we start with the one on the first of the year? Yeah, Let's you know, it. kick off the new year. Andy, this is your favorite deck, so I'll let you take it in. Yeah, as you all know, I have a true penchant and love for the 
Duck Affinity. And it looks like uh, one of our regular Affinity winners is Kiribo, who's back at the top of the chain here with 4-0. And, yeah, what's to say? This thing can just win. Um, I actually ran into Kiribo in round one of this tournament, and I was playing... I was playing a green-white-hate-black deck, which was specifically built for um, Affinity and Shops. And, yeah, I mean, it just should have been no competition. And, you know, I, I think I was running, like, three main deck Kataki's, and I had that uh, that cat, that two-white-cast-and-cost cat that removes artifacts when he comes into play, and all sorts of STP. Wow. And I had... Uh, uh, brought the K's in there, and you know we talked about this uh, in on that podcast that we got into the affinity breakdown. Spot removal is just not effective against um, uh, affinity. Agree. Like, you know, I, I got him in the first game, and I barely just got him. And the second game, uh, I, I really have no idea how I lost it. it just. <laughs> It was just in dire straits as far as I was concerned, and, you know, he just uh, ended up overrunning me with a bunch of little piddly things, and, you know, I just had tons of spot removal in my hands, and you know, just couldn't keep up with it. And, uh, game three, uh, you know, he had the, the nut draw with, uh, you know, triple lodestone, uh, and he was, uh, so, Ouch. that was that. So, yeah, kudos to, to uh, Kuribo and to Affinity. It's one of those decks that uh, you uh, begrudgingly have to respect, because, can just beat you. I still say when we look back someday, after it's restricted or hopefully banned, we are going to think about how broken and ridiculously overpowered Lodestone Golem was and how people just simply overlook it sometimes. Oh, it's a... It's a finisher. It's a mana denial. It's it's ridiculous how good that card is. All for the price of four mana. That's pretty solid. You got workshops in the in the mix there. That current is all the more broken. If it was for three, that would be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> its counterpart, the, the metamorph is. That's true. So yep. up next, we've got Clanmate Cownos running a very interesting deck. He's got Ezret Agent of Bolus. That's Tezret. He's got Baleful Strixes in there. Looks like a very interesting deck. Six Planeswalkers. Lots of counter magic and artifacts. Yeah, he's kind of got a you know the toolbox here. He's got the Yog Will, Vault Key, <clears throat> even the Mox Opal in there. Looks nice. I like it. See- Seat of the Synods and Vault of the Whispers. I haven't seen those since Vintage Affinity. <coughs> yeah, I'd probably run a deck like this. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as the song or whatever goes, this is a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. It's uh, It's got a touch of the artifacts and then also a touch of the blue control. So I'm sure it piques Andy's interest a little bit, right? Oh, I love it. I love planeswalkers and I love artifacts. And, uh, you know, Tesseract Agent Tabolus is a, a card we really haven't seen in Classic. It usually is, uh, takes a backseat to its older brother, um, Tesseract the Seeker. So it's really cool to see a, a new card here in Classic. 
He's a good He's man, and you can get to four mana pretty quickly in that deck. So up after him is Fishy Fellow on a show-and-tell deck. He's got one Oath of Druids in the main deck, I think. Yeah. And a channel, which Zach will love. Yeah, I, I was looking at this deck when we were just starting out here, and this one stuck out a little bit. I like it, and it's cool. At the same time, it's also a little bit unfocused in some ways. Like... I, I, I'll never understand one of the druids. Like, I mean, I understand. Okay, cool. That's you know, what? tutor for it, but it's it's like show and tell is. I hate to say it because I love show and tell, but show and tell is simply not as good as oath of druids is. It's not. It's a. It's a non. You know, it's one of those effects that can help you as much as hurt you. There's a bunch of people blame you know black green hate with Caracas and stuff. It's just like. I I'd rather have oath, you know, personally. If I if I was going to cut anything from Shoth, like I did, I cut a show and tell. I was running three main, one on the side. I was running four oath all the time. It, it's it's a better card. Yeah, I agree with you, Zach. I, I find it uh, peculiar that uh, that he's not running the full oath package as well. Uh, you know, it's nice to have the two plans of attack versus the one plan of attack. And uh, although he has the one oath certainly not as potent as having four. But a part of me wonders if this is maybe a nod to the power of something like Graft Digger's Cage. Uh, you know what? I, I, if I End was looking at it, I'd, I'd, I'd think it was more a nod to Mystical Tutor. Yeah. We'll see four Mystical Tutors. For sure. Do you think six creatures is good? For what? Four show and tells? Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, that's... More than that's more than I'd run. I, I just run four Emerkles, baby. Yeah, I think it's too many. I like it. Well, the only thing I don't like is the Grizzle Brand. I can see the Blight Steel and the Emerkle because he's running a Tinker, but there's no reason to run the Grizzle Brand. Yeah. Like, and he, he can channel yeah. out the other five. Exactly. I, love I could just see myself holding like Land Petal, blah blah blah, Grizzle Brand, and channel. <laughs> now. He does have two Oath of Druids in his sideboard, I just noticed here. Yeah, yeah. so change him yeah. out with the show-and-tells. It'll be fine. See, you know what the funny thing is about that? Because if I was sitting across the table from this deck, okay, and I'm not sure what he's playing, I, I, I would very quickly become suspicious of something like Oath of Druids. You know, if I saw a Bayou hit the table, or God forbid a Forbidden Orchard, you know... Uh, his Singleton. Uh, and, and knowing it's Fishy Fellow because I know he's an Oath player, and he always has been, I would right away be thinking Oath, so, you know, you're... When's he going to cite those Oaths in? But, you know, like, I would automatically just think he's on Oath. Yeah, I would always just assume he's got Oaths in there. Well, you should, maybe, that, sure. maybe that would be his favor. I don't know, but I wouldn't have Oaths in my sideboard. I don't know. I'm trying maybe to think of one conceivable way you know I mean? that it's beneficial to have someone... Think you have oath, and instead of have show and tell, like it's the same dang thing. They think he has it, and he really does. I mean, it's that deck. Yeah, it's just running exactly. one. Maybe it's just he brings it in against workshop. That's Affinity. much better than show and tell against Affinity and Workshop, two of the major archetypes in the format. Not to mention Dredge. Just yeah. Oath is a better card. Yeah. 
Well, Fishy Fellow's taking it into the money more than once, this type of build with the, with the one oath, so it's maybe he knows something we don't. But All right. Uh, who's this next guy here, Zach? The next guy is the Wolf 2, a uh, longtime classic player. You know, it looks like he's running the uh, Forge Master Stacks build with a little uh, combo action. This guy, he's down and dirty and mean, running Staff of Domination, Tangle Wires, Metal Workers, all the just dirty things that the shop can do. He is not, though, running full spheres, huh? Well, he's a combo deck. Yeah, but does do the combo ones not run sphere at all? Uh, I don't know. It seems like there's been several decks, several shop decks recently that haven't been running all the spheres. But explain well, to me why they're not on the sideboard, though. Was it Thorm that was running? Yes, Thorm had the... But he had four spheres, I believe. Four, like eight, if you include the lodestone. I guess this deck, just with the serum powders and everything, it just finds that its combo pieces pretty easily, and it's got four memory jars. It's pretty ridiculous. What are you considering combo? Just the Staff of Domination uh, Metal Worker? Well, it's got that. It's got Vault Key with Forge, Forge Master. Master. I realize, but... It's got Platinum Angel Forge Master. Master. I mean, that's how it wins. It, it wins by getting a combo assembled. It, I'll be right it back, probably guys. doesn't just straight up attack all, a lot. It doesn't have that many creatures that attack. Platinum Angel's a nice little touch, too. That's a, that's a card that I played last week, uh, again, just for affinity. That was pretty good. Yeah. Up next, uh, Calavera has a more traditional stacks build. And he, uh, he is running lots of Tangle Wires and Sphere Effects, so... Staff and in, in there too. Sweet. And the Singleton Trading Posts must have picked that up on Sapphire's list. I know he's been liking it. Um, nice to see Calavera draw off those fish. Nicely done. Who's this uh, this next turkey here, Josh? Um. Oh, that's me. Pretty uh, awesome deck, if I do say so. Much better than Cowno's version. Also a Tezzeret Agent of Bolas deck, even though I didn't cast him in this tournament. And Tamio, you know. Cast Tamio? I need to know. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never saw it. So you never cast Tamio or Tezzeret? Nope. <laughs> How'd you win? I hard cast Blightsteel, does that... That's impressive. Solarian Academy involved with that? No, Tezzeret the Seeker and a Voltaic Key and a Grim Monolith. <laughs> three six nine and three lands. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I learned playing this deck was every time I tutored, I always, if I was going for a Planeswalker, I always went for Tezzeret the Seeker. So it kind of tells me why people don't play Agent of Bolas, because you... Well, oh. Tezzeret the Seeker's better. He gets, you, he gets your, your your combo, your time bolt combo. But he's better he's at that point in the game. The thing about Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas is, 
easily a turn before that, you replace it with another card, and you get recurring card advantage. So it's almost yeah. like a pseudo-jace. But if you're playing a deck that's equipped to, to be good with Tezzeret Agent of Bolas, you probably have so much mana that a turn before that is turn zero, because you can basically cast Tezzeret the Seeker on turn two. I guess. I mean, I can see it. You have tons of artifact mana with three crumb monoliths. Jeez, I would... That's the kind of card I hate to play, dude. <laughs> Three Ancient Tomb. I just, it's so easy to cast the five mana Planeswalkers when you have that much mana that it was, uh, yeah, I just never felt like I wanted the four mana option. Well, I like the three Flusterstorms on the sideboard. Oh, yeah. Three Hercules, three Flusterstorm. The Parish. Four cages and four ley lines. It's like, eh, I'm not forgetting about you guys either. Yeah, I, I don't want to play Dredge, even though I played Dredge and I lost. Awesome, dude. Because I clicked... I didn't put cages in my deck. I clicked, uh... Okay, or you clicked something. submit. Yeah, I hit something else. I don't remember what I had in my deck, but I... I minused one on, on Tezzeret the Seeker to, to go for a cage. And, uh... There were none, so I just got a Voltaic key instead. <laughs> that I mean, sucks. <laughs> he did naturally draw like three three nature's claims in a row, so I don't feel that bad. But that there's that that's a pretty bad feeling when Dredge naturally draws into anything. It's a bad feeling. Yeah. Nice looking deck, though, Josh. It's, uh... I have to say, it's really cool seeing uh, seeing some different deck types come into the meta in a while. It's hard to say how good it is. I played against... I don't even know what, I, what the decks were that I played against. They were, other than Dredge in round one that I lost, they weren't classic decks. No. There was a Infect deck that I just had mental missteps, and that pretty much ended the game. And uh, the other two opponents, I got Vault Key game one, and they conceded the match. Well, now so. that the pilot's here, and I can actually like ask him something on the spot, i got to ask one question. Why are you running one Thirst for Knowledge? Should, would you run more, or would you run zero? Why one? I just like it. <laughs> I had one, less, one more spot. But, like, you know what kills me and what makes me want to pull my hair out is that I see three mental missteps and one thirst for knowledge. Well, I don't always want a mental misstep. Oh, yeah, you do. I've never not wanted a mental... Even against stacks, I think about mental missteps sometimes. Yeah, well, I had a spot, and uh, there's a lot of mana in this deck, and not that many threats, so sometimes you just want to draw some cards. Fair enough. I agree with you, Josh. Don't, don't listen to Zachary. Or have more thirsts. Anyway. Um, also, you'll notice that there's more three ones than there should be in this event because Calavera and I both got paired down in round four for some reason. But whatever. Nice. So, right. about the next daily event here, we have got everybody's favorite deck Affinity. Your favorite, for sure. Oh, man, I love it. I actually have a tattoo of Affinity across my back. It's 
very solid. Um, we've got a different guy this time. We've got the Wolf at 4-0, and yeah, this is his, uh, we've talked about it on multiple occasions. He's been at 4-0 with this deck a few times, and he's, I think the only difference really from Cure Bows is he runs the, the Tangle Wires in there. So a little bit of a control element to his uh, explosive start. So They're a terrible deck. If you play Frogmite in Classic, you should punch yourself in the face. Just my opinion. Yep. <laughs> play Tamio. Don't play a freaking four mana two two. You you look stupid. Just saying. All right, you win. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I've, I've been advising the wolf here. I I told him to sub out those uh, those four tangle wires for four null rods. Just a perfect fit in his deck. <laughs> so up after that, a more interesting deck uh, from a guy that brings a lot of interesting. It's Planet Walls playing sort of a land destruction fish deck. They used to have a name for this. What is this called, Andy? Junk? No. Uh, Hold on, I'll think about the name in a second. Go ahead and keep talking about it. Uh, Now you got me trying to think of what it's called. I'm telling you, I know exactly what it is. I just got to think about it. You do the talking here, Josh. We're brainstorming over yeah, here. Yeah, dude. Storming hard. Okay. So, four sinkholes and two vindicates. Pretty sweet. Up. Sword of Fire and Ice. Tide Hollow Schoolers. I think Excorpio was the one that used to play those. And, uh... Stoneforge Package with Sword and Batter Skull. And a Jit. Looks like a pretty good deck. Sideboard is a little interesting, but... Dead Guy Ale. Yep. Nice sock. I didn't even get to look it up either. That was awesome. I was just going into my deck editor there to find it. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. There's a Godless Shrine and an Isolated Chapel, which is disgusting. Yeah, I, I, I played Planet Walls with this deck, and... Yeah, he... Uh, Proceeded to crush me. It's certainly set up quite nicely to, to fight the stocks, and it's, it's you know, uh, as I always say about Planet Walls, he's he's an innovative guy, and he's got no problems playing cards that are what I would consider fringe. I mean, you know, sinkholes. Like we haven't seen sinkholes since they were first released. People were all crazy about them, and they just disappeared. Never really made a presence in Classic, but an excellent card, and certainly a card that you know was being deemed powerful over the years and you know I can't remember the last time I saw Sword of Fire and Ice so it's, it's, it's uh, something like Isolated Chapel though instead of just another fetch land that fetches like black well it, there's a reason for it in Legacy and Legacy a lot of the times what people do is like purposely they'll be playing either Surgical Extraction or Extirpates and what people do, it's most common in blue-green. They'll run a breeding, uh, whatever, breeding pool or whatever it's called. And they'll run we that along that with the... We don't do that. Eh. We're nice people in Classic. We just play to win. <laughs> I Not wouldn't true. waste time removing your cards. I want to use mine to win. Yeah. <laughs> Tamio. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's... I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, a lot of the cards in his deck are... Um, good, like on their own. You put a Dark Confidant down, you put a Kataki against Stax or Affinity down, 
Um, Stoneforge Mystic on her own is awesome. Uh, Dolly is good against a ton of decks. But he has such a high density of cards like that that are good on their own that it lets you ignore Sinkle. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie, dude. I would never be happy playing my second turn and destroying the land and not not having it be a wasteland, me actually like losing a card. That, that doesn't sound exciting to me at all. You know, you lose a card with wasteland too. But you lose your land drop. You don't lose like an actual card. You can play oh. Sinkhole and, you know, still do your land drop or... In the inverse, if you don't play Sinkhole and you just play Wasteland, you still have that spell slot. I see. Well, good deck. Good job. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Great job. Next up, we have NCSU 31SB. And he's running a deck that I don't think I've ever seen before. Oh, oh never mind. It's Dredge. He's running Dredge. He's running uh, four Bizarre Baghdad Dredge. So we know oh, okay. how that works. Very good job. He's a good player. 3-1. Awesome. Tap your Bizarre. Win the game. Oh, oh next up is Landstill, dude. I like this guy. Yeah, this is uh, an interesting deck. I am surprised it can win. I guess... It's just, main got graph diggers. It's an interesting deck. He's not... Oh, I'm sad, dude. There's not enough Jaces. No, he... I really loved his deck before. Like, I really loved it. You know what he played? He played Larry Nevin's Disc. Do you guys remember the red-blue standstill deck that this guy played with Nevin Ural's Disc? Yep. That was awesome. He took out the discs just because he's running those cages. God dang it. Yeah, this guy's been playing standstill for years. Yeah, he's he good. Plays yeah. He plays it in Legacy, and he plays the exact same version in Classic, and can't tell you how many times I've seen him in the money. Well, uh, he's actually done one thing, guys. Two things. He's added two cards that you can't play with in Legacy. He's put in Library and Strip Mine. Yep. Which he didn't have before. We, 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 if I remember back in the day, we always asked, why are you playing a legacy deck, dude? Add the good stuff. Well, it looks like he did. He also has manager, ain't huh? Library is nice in that deck, I would imagine. Yeah. Like pure control. Stand still, library, go. I guess that'd be backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a tough deck to play against, that's for sure. So next up here, we have got Bald Eagle, 247 at 3 and 1, rounding out the top guys here. And this is a, this deck is pretty exciting. I, I, I like this deck a lot. Yeah, I've been talking to him about this uh, on a few occasions. He, he built this thing up, and it's a, it's a combo deck. He's got the, the Helm Line combo, and he also, the piece I like the most is the Energy Field rest in peace combo this is a, a combo that we used to see with um, what's that card the uh, the sun and the moon sun and the moon and the energy field combo same thing now except with a much better card in rest in peace where if a card doesn't go to your graveyard nobody can deal you any damage and that just crushes decks like stacks and affinity they, there's nothing they can do to defeat that so he just sits back on it and waits for a combo card so Apparently, it's been pretty good for him. And just for that so, little extra bit of FU, he's got the Tabernacle of Pendrel Veil, vale, 
which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Says why not? He's only got one creature, his blight steel. That's the last thing. Saw someone with a tabernacle or even a tabernacle. Period. That's such Probably a me. Probably the last time I moneyed with uh, back to basics. Did you have a main though or side? I think I had one in the main and one in the side. Or at least I do now. I don't know. Whatever. I like a sideboard. It's. I came up with it. I figured out it was good. This sideboard is exactly, exactly what I'd probably be running in, in a similar case. Minus the energy flux, I'd probably have something else there. But Serenity. You'd have Serenity. I'd probably have Serenity there, yeah. But uh, the rest of the sideboard looks really cool. I like the explosives. I like Flusterstrom. I like the cage. And I like. I love Meddling Mage. I, I, I give props can't to that. Serenity. I love Meddling Mage. He couldn't so, run. He couldn't run Serenity though in his deck because his deck is enchantment based, which rest in peace and energy fields. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally being facetious, but. Oh, okay. But Josh does know me. I do stick Serenity in a lot of places it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long-standing disagreement. <laughs> yeah, I like Energy Flux, just for the record. I do like the meddling mages, though. I like Energy Flux against Affinity more than I like it against Stacks, because we, as we've discussed in the past, three mana for Stacks scares the crap out of me. That's why I don't like Show and Tell. Yeah. Um, yeah fair enough. So, Josh, why don't you tell us who we have this week? Community Spotlight. Oh, up today is Lord Sapphire. Everyone will know him from uh, his trading that he does, and he's been playing in a lot of events uh, past several months, so thought we'd give him a shout-out, and uh, he is Tony from Los Angeles, California, so you can go hang out, Zach. Uh, he said he first became interested in Classic because he got sick of buying extended cards at super high prices and then having the cards get slammed in value after the rotation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't like buying cards at high prices and then losing value on them? I guess I agree. Yeah, that's not fun. But, you know, you don't have to buy them at high prices if you don't want to. That's the good news. Uh, my time is more limited these days, so I prefer to play a faster, more powerful format. And uh, he likes that you can grind out some some of our classic dailies. Don't take very long; sometimes less than two hours. Uh, if he could play any classic deck, it would be a blue deck. But he's really liking uh, his shop deck that his buddy March introduced to him with Trading Post. And his favorite accomplishment is he's the first one to play a classic version of a deck called Postal Worker, which I assume is Metal Worker and Trading Post. And he made the top eight of the first Classic League with it. Yep. All noble achievements. So, pretty awesome. Good totally. Game. Well, Josh, why don't we remind people about our classic challenges? I feel like it's been a little while since we haven't talked about them. Yeah, before we do that, we should mention we've got the 
finals match between Duranoth and Tommy Topdecker in the article. Who won? Tommy Topdecker. <sighs> Big upset since we announced that it was Duranoth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, so our challenges are to 4-0 a classic daily with three times survival of the fittest and a squee. And the winner gets 100 tickets, which is pretty huge, from DuPont. Yep. Very generous. Why three survival? I don't know. Maybe make it more attainable instead of four. I don't know, but if I was playing a survival of the fittest deck, I'd be running four. Yeah, I agree. Looks like the Druid's deck. And, uh, of course, the memory jar challenge is still out there. That'll never happen, FYI. I don't know. How close... Prove me wrong, bro. How close did the wolf get? He has four memory jars in his deck, and he went 3-1. Main? Yeah. We just talked about the deck. (sighs) It's like you haven't even been here. Four (laughs) memory jars, main? No, he doesn't. Well, which which one are you looking at? You oh, see, I'm, I totally was going back to his last list, which we talked about where he four owed, and you got me nervous. I was like, who actually did it? And I thought I was going to look stupid because he four owed with the four jars in that list. But yeah, that was really ridiculous if someone had done it today. Okay, yeah, that would have been terrible, <laughs> terrible. But yeah, so, agree. No one will ever do it. Blah, can blah, blah, blah. be done. Nope, no one will ever do it. And people are running out of time, because Classic will go away this year, we can only assume. Oh, yeah, that was... Are you guys going to be sad about that, or no? I will be in a way. Yeah. We've been playing Classic forever, and I will really miss doing things like casting four Brainstorms and having the ability to have four LOAs, so yeah, I'll miss it in a way. But I trade it in a minute for power. Well, this is going to sound almost heretic, but I will not miss it at all. I am happy to go to Vintage. Um, Classic is fine. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun, and it's the most powerful thing we have now. But as soon as it's not the most powerful thing, I'm ready for the next one. And we could have the debate as to whether Classic or Vintage is actually more powerful, but... That's a long debate. Yeah. We won't get into that this podcast. Maybe the, maybe we'll have one before it switches over. We kind of went there today, but not all the way. Yeah, generally mentioned parts of it. Generally mentioned parts. I like that. Well, we talk about having four brainstorms and stuff like that a lot. And four LOAs. LOA, baby. So, anything else from you guys? Uh, I'll say it's just been a long time, and it's a lot of fun being back on here with you guys. Yeah, we're glad to have you back, and we'll be starting up the Season 3 of the Qualifier Leagues in not too long, so start thinking about your decks. Definitely. For the listeners who are unaware, we got a link at the top of the article you can click on, and it'll tell you all about the league if you're interested in joining and have it in the past. Prize pool's pretty huge, and like we're seeing, there's only going to be... A maximum of 31 different people in it now because we've already had one person repeat. 
So, other than that, I guess we should thank Pure MTGO for hosting us and MTGO Traders for sponsoring us. And I will see you guys next time. See you next week. Sounds good. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.